Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch. No. This is parenting with the punch. Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Class is in session. Please be seated. Behaviors that get attention get repeated. Avoid the power struggle because it will get you heated. Listen to Amanda because she knows how to teach it. Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Parenting with a Punch show. I am your host, Amanda Hool, founder of ParentingWithAPunch.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. I have a special guest, Dr. Juliana, who is the girl next door with a PhD, always up for a down and dirty conversation about sexuality, relationships, and intimacy. As a credential therapist, academic, and bona fide sex expert, Dr. Juliana has spent decades counseling and supporting thousands on their path to discover their own sexual agency. Let's give a warm welcome to Dr. Juliana. Hi. 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 Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited. Yes, yeah, same here. We had a little technical difficulties. Gotta love it. But we are here now. Yeah. <laughs> So please tell us all about the business uh, and the work that you put out into the world. Yeah. So I am a licensed marriage and family therapist and licensed professional counselor. And uh, my work has a a lot of variety in it. Um, I do one-on-one work with uh, clients through video conferencing with people all over the world. 
Um, I do retreats. I speak. Um, and I go with any topics that have to do with relationships, whether it is in relationships like marriages and couples, um, divorce, infertility, um, you name it. And um, I have talked about it, heard about it, and have a passion to help people with. But a lot of what I do too, um, and especially in the past five years, um, has been a focus on sexuality and um, helping people understand a deeper, more meaningful look at what sexuality is, mm-hmm. why it's important to know about it and to, um, and to examine it in your life. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> As you know, we've been doing a sex series since the beginning of the month and, you know, speaking with, with each of you and it, it's just been absolutely amazing. And just so you're aware, and I'm sure it's going to continue. It is the most popular, um, episodes <laughs> on the podcast. So <laughs> be prepared for that. No, go figure. Yeah. Well, I want to give you kudos too, because with the work that you're doing, I am just so happy that as you are working with parents and working with families that, you know, this topic is important and that you're not afraid to go there and that you're setting an example and then finding people out in the world who to be speaking about it. So, um, props to you for knowing this to be talked about. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I, it's just, I've heard it from so many parents, you know, and especially with some of the younger um, parents with little, you know, younger children with, you know, well, when do we have time for sex? And it's like, oh, you know, I, you know, and I, I have yet to be married and have my own children as of yet, but I, and I'm not exactly certain, but for me, it's just always been sort of a no brainer and just been instinctual. Um, I think I'm blessed in that sense. And after having a conversation with a client the other night, she was saying, you know, she follows me on my Facebook page and she saw that I was doing the sex series. And she's like, it's so great to see you on the other side. And like speaking about this topic, because there's so many moms out there that don't put their relationships first and they don't. And she's like, it's great that you're talking about this. And you know, so thank you for saying that. I, I really well, appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, and I know. I mean, working in this topic, it is, it's, I mean, it, you have to be um, courageous and have last strength too, because it's a t- it can for some be a taboo topic. Yes. And so much shame and so much emotion as part of it. And if you're someone talking about sex, then there's all these kinds of things that come up for you and that people think about you. So again, right. kudos. And yeah. And- <laughs> all of the um, women that I work with, especially I could say like when I work with women and we do retreats, yep. we're meeting privately and talking as you know, we're sitting on the couches and blankets and just sharing. It can take a little bit to open up, but yeah. I find especially for, for women um, within relationships, marriages or, or partnerships, mm-hmm. that almost once you get to that place, it, you're not allowed to talk about the truth about your sex life. When you're single, when you can say stuff, that there's a little bit more room, it's fine. There's, you're not breaching something, but when it's become this sacred thing in a, in a committed relationship, right? then all of a sudden you can't. But it doesn't mean the problems or the questions stop. It's yeah. just for some people it's harder to talk about because you don't want to be betraying your spouse or you don't want people to know that part of their life or you have this shame that's attached to it. So when I've gotten groups of women together to talk about it, you know, like sometimes it takes a while to warm up. But right. once it is, I, I have found women and, and men too, but yeah. are hungry to share, to to let it off their chest, to hear other people's experiences, whether it's the same or different, to be able right. to ask questions in a safe place. Mm-hmm. They walk out just feeling so much better and lighter 
And yeah. not alone, because so much of the problem is, is not having anyone to share it with and frankly, not having anybody ask. Right. And being able to sort of like even open up that conversation with their partner. Right. So, I mean, how do you, how do you work through that, you know, with your clients or, you know, I mean, how do you sort of like start the process of opening up that conversation? Yeah. And this, this is one of my favorite things to do. It's, um, I, I love talking to people and saying, okay, so I want you to try this and we practice it together, a new way of communicating about it. And I tell them what to say. And often they're like, this is so weird to just regurgitate what you're telling me. I was like, I know, but do it. Just role play. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> role play this. And, then, yeah. and I change it. When t- sometimes I act as them and I say, this is what I would want you to say to your spouse. Yeah. You switch it and say, you say it to me and I'm going to be your spouse. And we're going to just practice on that. So that's in general, like how the technique is that I do. And you can do that with friends. You don't have to. You can, I mean, it's, for me, I like doing it as a therapist, but you can do right. it that you know. Mm-hmm. and get the kinks out first. But in my, my biggest tip that I tell people, and it sounds simple, but it, it is not always, not how we're taught. And the tip is that you need to start with what you want. And, and that doesn't mean I want you to do such and such. It is the want is the big picture want, not in mm-hmm. the detail. So you look at, I want us to have this really rich, and vibrant sex life with each other. That's the big want. Look, find what your big want is and come at it with your heart and with your words that this is a partnership we're working at together. Mm -hmm. Not an adversarial thing, not that you are doing this wrong and fulfilling this and that kind of stuff because you're just putting everyone on the defense and Mm -hmm. you're losing, you're losing sight of what we're really talking about is we want to have a happy relationship. We want to feel vibrant. We want to feel connected. Whatever the answer is to that want. Right. And then you go to the details. And, and again, like for me, like the golden room communication is the, the sandwich techniques. You need to give the positives. And then yep. anyway, I mean, it's not about BS. It's truly about something that you love about that person. Right. I love that I, that I can come to you. And I know that even if I don't say it the right way, that you're going to hear me out. If that's accurate. Right. And, but I, I'm feeling um, that our our sex life has um, whatever the answer is. It has um, it's a checklist. We're just kind of doing obligatory sex, and I want us to have that fire with each other like we used to have. Right. And um, and I you know I I think about how wonderful this one time when we had this great sexual connection, and you did this. And you end it with that. It's a positive about who you all are and who that person is. Mm-hmm. The middle thing that you want really changed. And then it's like ending it with a positive. And as simple as that sound, it changes the dynamic, especially if you have a pattern of not speaking at all about this, or you have a pattern of being shitty to each other and not mm-hmm. communicating in a healthy, happy way with each other. You, you just like hit the nail on the head with, first of all, I use the sandwich technique with my preschoolers in the past. You were like the first professional that I have come across that has also used that term. So I seriously, I love you for that. That is amazing. Well, I used to be a kindergarten teacher. So it's probably, there you go. (laughs) Um, you know, and you touched upon too the communication piece, like in a healthy, happy way. And it really it's about being able to communicate. Oh, we have a, um, Sandy saying, I'm always hungry to share. That's great. Sandy. <laughs> Love to hear that. <laughs> 
Sorry, I'm just seeing these uh, the comments comment. now. All right, here we go. Rajas is here. Hello, I believe he's not exactly sure where he's where he is, but <laughs> well, hello, um, you all. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, just being able to like have that conversation and communicate it in like a healthy way with not coming at it, at, you know, as like an attack. And I think that's where that miscommunication lies a lot with families. Um, oh, Sandy's saying he hates it. Yeah, well. <laughs> Well, I mean, and, and, and that's okay too. I mean, it is true. And, and it, this is a, this is a generalization, but there's truth in this is that for a lot of women communicating and talking it out because we are so wired through connection and understanding mm-hmm. that we do want to talk it out. I mean, I certainly have yeah. been in a relationship and as a therapist too, I really value talking and he's yeah. like, oh, no, <laughs> not more talking. And, <laughs> and, and I did have to find a balance for me. Yeah. In my, my relationship of not over talking too much and having to talk everything out or having my partner to be the person I talk about. But then right. sometimes that's the only way it is literally the only way that we can, can solve something. So another thing that I, that I wanted to say too, is about the communication when, you, when you're talking, there's two more things I want to say about the wanting. Yes. And that is that, um, I have found that if you, if you can, can say, listen, I'm just, I'm not going to say this right. And I may fumble on my words and I know you may too. And I, I'm wanting us to learn how to do this communication mm-hmm. better. And let's be kind through that. If I say something off or it makes you upset, like let's just kind of like a piece in that. And the same with you, like I'm going to do my best. If we go back to our, our old patterns or we bring up stuff, let's, let's have like a, an agreement of forgiveness in this mm-hmm. and room to change and learn how to change. Cause when you're trying to change your communication with someone, it's just, it's not going to be perfect like that. Absolutely not. Nope. <laughs> up front really helps people loosen up because I have found with couples, a lot of the work I have to do is unwinding the fears they have of their fighting. Right. And these entrenched fighting techniques that are typically horrible. So they're yep. going to and they are ready to go. I mean, just like, let me put my dudes up and I'm going to get you. The last fight I didn't get the jabbing that I wanted to. And you take that stuff away and yep. really like speak from heart to heart and soul to soul, which is often acknowledging I'm not going to get this right, but my heart is right. Right. And I want us to figure this out. That can often help. And another thing is, is that if you kind of broach the topic, whatever the topic is, with not just what you, what the issue is, like naming it, like um, I am. This is a topic. This is actually a very common topic that I have. That of one of the couples not feeling comfortable with the other person's masturbating, mm. and not doing it or doing it too much, or why do you do it? And that that topic is it can be very taboo, and we're not taught yeah. how to talk about it, especially in, in parenting and partnership. Yes, um, that that you don't just name it. You, you wouldn't just say. Uh, you know, I want you not to uh, masturbate anymore. You, that that wouldn't be how you say it. it right. <laughs> you want? I want us to be able to talk about it. I think we have different needs, or different views of it, and I'm so embarrassed to bring this up. It, it's awkward, but I want us to be able to share this because if it's important to you in your life, um, I, I want us to be able to to be on the same page and understanding each other. Right. With, so you bring that kind of the wanting that wanting topic up, but then. It's very helpful if you have an idea of a solution or a placement for mm-hmm. um, And that doesn't mean that you come in with an agenda. Right. <laughs> Sometimes when I see, like, I'll, I'll have couples in front of me start a conversation just so I can observe it. And it's basically just like, I don't like this. 
and when I, then I can teach them what I want. But then the other partner's like, okay, but I don't know any other way of doing this. So what are we supposed to do differently? And so if you can start it with some ideas of how to change and shift, then that often helps do it. And again, if you start it, not with this is how I want it to be, this is how it's going to be. It is, this is just, here's, I'm throwing an idea out. I want to hear yours too. Right. Now, do you typically, do you typically find uh, what, you know, when couples come to, you know, together, obviously, as opposed to individually, that they're sort of at their breaking point or is it just, I mean, I'm assuming that they are both on the same page and wanting to be there or is it typically one is sort of pushing the other because they're trying to work out something or I'm sure it varies, but it does. It does vary. And it's one of the first questions I ask is, you know, what is our motive here? Yeah, you know, and for those, are we in crisis? Is this maintenance? Is is this this is a topical thing or is this a chronic thing? Right. And um, and once I find that out, and typically couples are not on the same page when they first come in the door. Yeah. The work is figuring out what's our common goal and what's what's the common ground here. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's it rarely gets the point that it's that that there's you know a huge divergence unless the topic is are we staying together or are we not. And then right. I never do know how that's going to end up until we're through the journey. Um, together. Of, of course. Yeah. And, you know, for those that do take that journey together and they, and you know, it's never going to be perfect, but when they, when they've made progress, would, are, are they now back on the same page? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, or in a way, in a place learning that having differences and having um, challenges like that at different points of view isn't the worst thing in the world. Right. I, I like reframing differences, different mm-hmm. parenting styles, that kind of thing as a plus. Yes. And, and saying that, okay, so this person has this skill set and this one doesn't. Let's use that as a great thing for this family, yeah. for, this, for the parenting, for um, the relationship, instead of a, oh my goodness, this is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> right. You have to have the same values. And that is something that truly can't be fixed um, in therapy and it can't, and really you're going to come up against each other constantly. Yeah. But perspectives, backgrounds, views, those goals, that kind of stuff, often you can really work with that with each other. And as you and I spoke when we first met, it is, I mean, for me, some of my most valued time in the work that I do is when I feel like I have helped a couple um, mm-hmm. stay together happily. And, and, and with choice that they have chosen happily to stay together and to spend, to keep the, the family um, and the goals together. And that is, I mean, sometimes they need to end and, and that feels like, it feels like a helpful thing too, but yeah, right. Because yeah, no, I mean, for me, obviously depending on, you know, the couple, obviously, but um, I, I see, I, I don't see as much of the families with the younger children reaching out. And what, what I'm finding through speaking with more, you know, professionals sort of like in the realm of, of, of our industry and and doing this, you know, this line of work um, is they wait until, you know, it's, it's not too late, but their children are a little bit older and they've been dealing with these issues for so long. And it just breaks my heart because we obviously have such a high divorce rate. And a lot of times, you know, somebody is pushing or pulling and and not wanting to like put in that work. And as we know, all relationships, it's work. Like you're constantly, 
you know, putting energy into it and, and, and doing what you have to do to be happy. <laughs> I, I agree. And I, you know, I'm so happy that there's the trend in the world that when um, you have a pregnancy and or adoption that you're going through the parenting process and you're taking parenting classes and birthing classes and newborn classes. I wish it was the trend also to take how to, how to keep your marriage happy with kids class as you're, as you're building the family. And especially when you're going to have another child into it, that it's like, I wish it was mandatory. Yes. He's like, how to keep yourself happy, sane, and liking the person that you had these kids with and, and, and wanting to grow together. Because what parenting adds to the mix, as well as the, you're, you're aging as you're having your kids. So right. Changing. Um, but kids have a different, create a different focus. Yeah. For, and there's always going to be differences, but sometimes kids can really highlight those differences. Mm. That's, that's normal. It is, that's not a death sentence. But <laughs> since we're not in a, in a place that people are talking about it and we're not saying, expect this to happen. Now, here are the tools to help not make it be so painful and awful. And so you're not so isolated with each other. Yep. No, I agree. And I sw- I am going to do my my damnedest to to continue to to keep that that level of open communication and and giving these parents the support you know and hopefully in my first parenting book that's launching this summer I'll be tackling some of those things because like you said there isn't there there is not that conversation it's just like let's choose to have children and then we have ch- you know there's no discussion about it prior which is also something that I'm trying to change to give couples that support, you know, prior to having their first children, or maybe they're adopting, um, or, you know, fostering and they've never had children before, but those conversations need to be had and it, it, they're just not. So I, I, I hope that that changes. And I think we're on that path, but <laughs> and I do too. Sometime. I like the work that you're doing. And I, I mean, I love knowing that the families that are seeking you out and, and knowing that someone like you can be there to support them. And there's no shame in that. In fact, it's so wonderful wonderful there's someone like you supporting them and i mean the gift that you're giving to people is is really priceless it, it is i am um, i have worked <laughs> i mean i really do mean that in yeah. I, and one of the courses that i offered was how how to get through the process and still like your partner <laughs> and, and, and like you know like you, you go through all this to have a baby and and then you're not speaking and you can't stand each other because you you've been through so much and mm-hmm. I think that's also through parenting too, is that we think that, you know, you're so lovely. This is the next phase. You have kids that come into it. This is how everyone is doing things. And you don't realize just the one thing of sleep deprivation. Right. What that can do <clears throat> or lack of connection with each other or mm-hmm. maybe a postpartum depression that's coming into it. Right. Have a kid that has a personality that is hard for you. <laughs> yes. Hard for one parent and not hard for the other. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, one's the good parent, which isn't true, and one's the bad parent, or one's yeah. overwhelmed, and one is just like this is great. And yeah. you know, how do you navigate that and then still feel good about yourself? Yes, so that you can still feel good about offering yourself sexually and deeply and soulfully with your partner. Yeah, you do laundry and you know. <laughs> friends and you know all of that. I mean, it's it's really a lot. It it, it is a lot. Now, I want to bring up the 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 topic too of um, orgasms because I feel like, I mean, at, at least in the past, I've heard you know a lot of women say that 
you know, they have trouble having them or they're faking them or, I mean, like what, what, what do you hear like through clients as far as, you know, is that sometimes an issue as to why some of the women don't feel as sexual because they're not feeling, you know, that they're able to tune into their bodies and, Yes. I mean, especially moms. Uh, I mean, it's anyone. I mean, I, I see so yeah, a lot of people who don't have children and right. you know, desire and all of that, but in particularly talking about parents. Yes. Um, that, um, that, yes, that they, they, they are having a hard time navigating the hormonal changes that last for more than just the newborn phase. I mean, there is right. years of hormonal changes. Mm-hmm. New relationship with their body. For someone, if we're talking about the beginning phases of it, depending on how their pregnancy and birth went, Right. They, there can be a lot of physical and mental healing mm-hmm. and how they view themselves as a mother, what kind of connection they had with their baby. Some do it very easily. Others, it's a, it's a slow burn into that. Right. If they part a baby that's high needs and they weren't expecting that, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And then you're expected to go from that to relaxing into a sexual experience that gives you an orgasm and pleasure that that can be really hard to get to that. It really can be. So a lot of what I work too is helping women move from uh, avoiding it altogether, mm-hmm. um, it's not worth it, and faking it so that their partner is just like, I've just done it. Like, check. It's off the list. Right. Um, and it's just not important to me. Like, there's just more important pressing things to it also um, to saying, I get that. And I do get it. And it does, this is, this is not a, a one size fits all. There's not a, it's right. not a description that I can write that say, this is a good sex life. This is a good empowered sexual woman. It's, it's about creating that definition for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's the number one thing because so much for women, we are told what our sexuality should be, what our sex life should feel like. And that all comes into that encounter in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. A lot of women use alcohol and to kind of just get into that. And that also is a removing process too. I mean, there's a place for it for sure, but there's right. also a, a, a way to not have that. Mm-hmm. And then there's the letting go. Like I actually, for some women, depending on how entrenched it is, I literally have them before they get into their bedroom, have a, a paper and they are just sit like in the kitchen table and they write all of the to-do list out and they dump it. They dump it into that notebook. Right. Either they just keep a notebook there or they throw it out or, or whatever it is. And they have a purposeful, intentional way to walk into the bedroom to have a sexual experience either with themselves or with their partner. Yeah. It's, it's just, again, like a lot of my work is convincing women that this is still important, that it's important for themselves in, like internally to feel connected to who they are and their vibrancy as a sexual being. Mm-hmm. Their partner that, that you, you do not want to lose that connection with your partner. And that means you in learning how not to fake it the majority of the time. Right. And how to, to not feel guilty about having pleasure. Yeah. I thank you for that because I, I think a lot of women, you know, that's some of the stigma of, you know, what they're experiencing. Um, you know, and of course men experience it too, I'm sure as far as, you know, maybe the older they get or, but it's just, you know, back to the importance of really making sure that your relationship is a priority and the communication and the sex is, is a huge part of that. <laughs> and and, for, and again, like for women, it's really about learning how not to lose yourself in the process of becoming a parent and being a parent. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that, is, and, and that pleasure is your birthright. 
And yep. it's not selfish. It's not going to hurt your kid. In fact, it's going to be great. <laughs> sometimes, and I, and I, I work always with where they are. And sometimes the only way I can get a woman to really believe me until they experience themselves is to say, I know you want this example for your children. Right. And here are, here are, and they'll, they'll go through the history of what they saw with their parents or their mother. And <laughs> not everyone has that. I mean, some women, some women are raised with, with mothers who are sexually confident and yeah. they're not, but, but not a lot of women are. And so I talk about that. Like, look what you're having to heal from, to learn from, to relearn. Aren't we all wanting to change that for the next generations? And that can often be the link too. If yes. you're a little girl, don't you like wanting to feel good about your body and yep. wanting them to see you be affectionate with your spouse mm-hmm. and not just an obligatory, hi, come back tonight, whatever. But like, right. Yeah. And that is a really, really important piece too, you know, especially for, you know, parents of, of women, um, you know, raising little girls is, is creating that, that healthy, you know, concept, like in knowing their body and like knowing that it's not just, you know, to be treasured and like creating those healthy sexual, because I mean, I think a lot of it, I think you're right. A lot of it does sort of pass down from, you know, from our parents, from our mothers, whether or not they, you know, were a little bit open about their sexuality and, you know, of course looks different, but I I do think that that's really important because I see it and I've, and I've heard it. Like I, it's so evident, (laughs) um, in some of this. Um, I want to give an example of like how complicated that process is so that people who are listening to this know that it's not just this one simple thing. So I do this spider web with my clients. Yeah. And, and so it, it, it also, because I don't want them to feel like it's one more thing they're doing wrong. Yes. And I, want, <laughs> I don't want it to be, this is wrong or bad. And you're responsible for this. It's, it's, you know, removing the shoulds and all of that. Yes. You just say, no wonder, like, let's have compassion for you. Look what you're doing. And so we do things like logistics about mm-hmm. what is your bedroom like? And do you have privacy? Cause there's a lot of people too. Like, how do I get into like having this kind of deep, dirty sex when, you know, my 10 year old could come in and I do not need my 10 year old seeing me doing this kind of stuff. I don't mind doing it, but you know, that kind of thing. And so it's like, how secure is your door? And right. what kind of rules have you set about when the door is shut or locked about knocking? Mm-hmm. I think someone on our list was a cat. They had a cat that was actually worse than their kids. <laughs> and I had to open the door and then like, would, like stare at them. And she's like, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> So, so we actually had a plan of what to do with the cat, and um, and so there's that. And then there are a lot. Of, I like to work with a lot of families who do co-sleeping. It's like, what do we do? How do we have sex mm-hmm. when we have our child sleeping in bed with us? And yes. so we work through that of what that feels like, what feels right for that couple, mm-hmm. and how how to handle that. Um, and that's a very individual thing. Yes. So it's logistics. Then it's also emotional things like you know how are you? Well, actually, let's talk about your body. How are you feeling about your body? What are, what are the things that are sensitive to you? What are your confident things? And with the same, uh, with another client, after um, having twins, she didn't feel good about how her breasts had changed. Like she, before kids, they had sex, and she was often on top. But somehow she got a view of herself that way, and it freaked her out. And she's like, I don't like how my boobs look hanging like this. So no longer am I going to give my husband that view. And my belly's different. And... But that was their go-to position, and mm. they didn't talk about it. She's like, I don't know how to tell him because he's going to say, no, you're beautiful. And 
And that's not going to change the dial for me at all because I feel bad about this. So we talk about just those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And, and then but, and then, what are the layers in between you so that you don't feel safe and, and that you have resentment? What resentments in the relationship are preventing you from letting go and receiving pleasure and that kind of thing? And so we had that as a part of the web too. And what I have found is when, when women can sit down and like look at a piece of paper, I, I – do an exercise in compassion about it and acknowledgement of how much there is between here, here, where you feel and where you want to be. And then like, okay, now let's get to it. Let's get at the things that we can start removing and healing and changing so that we can get from here to there. And it works. Yeah. That, that definitely seems like the best way to sort of, you know, go about it or because I just, yeah. I, everything that you said is just, (laughs) is just so, so pertinent. I I know so many of our, and I want to give the opportunity to, if, um, if anyone's on here, do ask any questions, but I'm not sure if anyone is live, but can you share with us too, your, your website is drjuliana.com. Spell it out for us. Yeah. It's, um, dr, 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 then, um, a dash. And then Juliana, J-U-L-I-A-N-A.com. Um, the same, Dr. Julian is on my Facebook professional page too. Okay. Another thing I want to talk about orgasms is yes. that I do a lot of teaching of anatomy um, that we were not taught. Yes. And, and how, first of all, we should really know the intricacies of our clitoral system. We should know mm-hmm. about our pelvic muscles. All of that relates to pleasure. And I'm somebody that I did not have a very good mind-body connection. I'm always amazed with people who have that, but I had to really teach myself that. Mm -hmm. And so having a visual of how, like, your muscle structure, your PC muscle structure is, really seeing the clitoral system and and then then translating your anatomy to how that makes sense in your pleasure. Right. Um, um, I have seen that make huge change. And there's a lot of sex, there's a lot of that trend happening in sex ed, but still we're, we're for those like thirties to fifties, we weren't given that. Right. And so I, I, I teach that. And I, and I, and I like to, to have everyone ask questions, like all the questions that you couldn't ask and felt embarrassed of, and that your gynecologist or, or for some women, midwives, that they're not, we're not in the position and they don't have time to ask you in our appointments. Ask right. me now. And, and, and it's great because I, literally I've never had someone ask a question then everyone else is like, oh, right. Yes. Why aren't we taught that? I mean, there's usually like, I have to give time now for like the outrage that people have of why weren't we taught this? And what does that mean? And, and then I have an addendum of how to have, how to find healthy and positive healthcare providers that are mm-hmm. sex positive, that are going to be CMO body positive. I love that. I think that is so, so, so important. And I just like anything, I strongly believe in education. If we don't have, you know, if we're not skilled in in an area, you know, for instance, you know, in parenting or in sex, that's not your expertise. There's nothing wrong with seeking out that support. I mean, luckily, I've always been somebody that, you know, if I'm not good at something, I, I will, I will hire it out for it because that's not my specialty and I have no problem you know, asking for help. But I think that's also something that we struggle with as a society, especially in this area, because, you know, it really kind of like falls under the mental health and, um, it's hard. 
<laughs> it is. And I, I have, have started conversations with some medical schools and really the trend, most people are, um, most people, most medical students are not given any, anything about sexuality um, in their education. And if they are not going into gynecology, they don't, they don't have a very long education about mm-hmm. even how to talk to women, how to ask the questions. And I'm wanting to change that. And there is a, there's a certain trend with that. Right. Alone, are medical students even comfortable with their own sexuality? So I am like really wanting to teach medical students how to be comfortable with their sexuality. Because if just like as a parent, if you're not comfortable with your own sexuality, talking to others about it's going to be really hard. And that goes in yeah. our medical community as well as a parent's. And so getting, getting aware and knowing yourself that way is so key, really key um, in that. And, and for women, I know it can be really hard with insurance um, and it can be a real pain if you're used to something. But I, I love teaching women that you can change providers and work within the system to find mm-hmm. something that you feel comfortable enough asking the questions you have to ask, mm-hmm. um, really staying up for yourself and to have good health care. And that's, that's just pivotal. Yep. No, no, I agree. And you, you touched upon in medical school. So the same thing applies because I've actually heard this from quite a few. The same thing is like pediatricians or develop, you know, of course, developmental pediatricians have that further training, but regular pediatricians or, you know, even with like child psychology, they don't go through an extensive amount of training. And I don't think a lot of, you know, adults sort of know that piece and they think that, you know, because they have that expertise that, you know, that, that they must have this specialty and that's why we have specialties. Right. Right. <laughs> Under the umbrella. Yeah. But, but I have so many experiences that I went through a, a round of asking women to tell me experiences with a gynecologist or anything. I mean, the stories were horrific, horrific. Mm. And, and so I, I, I mean, there's so much healing that has to be involved with all of that and it shuts women down But there also, there are, there is also, there are a lot of wonderful providers. We just aren't really taught how to advocate for ourselves and we feel bad and it's a pain and you're so busy anyway. Like I can't even imagine having to try to find five, let let, let, alone figure out how my insurance is going to allow me to do that, all of that. But but it is worth it if you are in a community where you can find that. And if not, there are online communities too that can help you also to advocate for yourself. That yeah. That now you said you have a resource. Is that on your website, or if you or is it like when clients work directly with you? Oh yes, I just mean like I like I teach I walk them through how. Gotcha. Okay. There actually, you talk about resources. There's two things I want to talk about. Two books I want to recommend. Um, if you're looking about anatomy um, mm-hmm. or just like your system in general that I love and I have my clients read. The first is called The Clitoral Truth. And it's by Rebecca Chalker. And there's a new version that just came out um, of it. And she's, I mean, I think it was written 20 years ago. But it's it's in-depth and easily readable. Like, Mm -hmm. it's medically inclined, but it's so digestible. Right. With great diagrams. And, um, I mean, it is my go-to. When I taught, when I was a college professor, I used that as one of my textbooks. That's how good it is. Cool. Um, and, um, and then another one by Emily Nagasaki, who is fantastic. And if you all haven't heard of her, you've got to look her up. She's <laughs> a professor and, um, she's hilarious. She, in her book is called come, come as you are. And, oh. um, and it's, um, it's, it's great anatomy, but it's also about libido and desire and about sexuality in general. And 
she's just fantastic. You'll laugh and you'll see yourself in it. And it's definitely one of those books that you, you don't put down, you, you read it and you feel like you have learned a lot. Um, and so if you can't, I mean, I, I recommend those two to everybody, but if you yeah. can't in the community or, um, those two books are, are, um, I recommend highly. Oh, that is amazing. Thank you. I'm definitely going to have that in my, my resource. Thank you so much for that. Okay. So what would you say, or what would, what would be your number one tip for, um, even to begin navigating the process if a couple is not having a active sexual life and they are struggling and they're aware of it? <laughs> well, my answer takes about an hour. But what I can say is that, and I, you put this quote up recently and I wasn't sure if it was a quote from the interview or a quote that you, you just agree with. Um, mm-hmm. and I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but I really do feel that, um, you, the best thing you can do for your kids, kid, kids is to have a very solid, fulfilled marriage or um, a partnership. And so teaching and giving uh, couples the permission to put the relationship first. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes how I say it is you putting the family first and part of the family is the couple. Is, yes. Because I, I get a lot of pushback sometimes from people because they're like, no, no, no. Kids are the most important thing. Like, no, no, no. Putting a relationship as an important part of this does not put your kids aside. But right. I'm telling you, if you don't, you keep saying to me, your kids are most important. And I mean, I've been a single parent, so I'm not, I, I know I could, I've provided a great experience for my kids too. Right. I know that the preference for me and for most is to have an intact family from what you started to, to through that. And if you don't put a priority and I mean a meaningful priority on your relationship, not just lasting, but being fulfilling, I don't personally feel like that's putting your kids first. And that's a strong statement to make and not everybody agrees with me. No, I, I can't, you know, and I actually just, I wrote it in my, my newsletter when I was sharing, um, our interview this morning was that like that exact statement, if, you know, sorry, not sorry, this is, this is something that you have, that you have to do. And, you know, I think just through the experience of being in and out of so many homes and sort of when I you know, really focused on the four pillars of the business. Um, I noticed that it, you know, the families that were having difficulty were, you know, it was evident that they really weren't putting their relationships first. Now, don't get me wrong. I have families that, you know, they have a solid relationship and that's why they're also seeking me out because they want to make it better. You know, they're struggling with some things. They're both on the same page. And ideally those are the clients that I work with. You know, the, the parents that are ready and willing to make that change. They're just struggling in some certain areas with their children and they want some extra help. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of, you know, and again, it's just been instinctual for me, you know, putting, putting your relationship first, you have to, because your relationship was there before the kids. Yes. And, and it's, and again, like, like I was saying before about your sexuality is that the kids will feel safer. The kids will feel happier when mm-hmm. they can see and feel yes. that you all are okay. And that doesn't mean that your, your relationship is perfect. And it doesn't right. mean you're going on date nights every night. It right. means that the, that the general spirit of the home and of the family is that, the parents are on board with each other. 
and that they value each other, that they want each other to be happy. And that carries, that gift carries forth to the children and mm-hmm. they are enveloped and included into that family value. And, and as, an, as a little part of that too, and I don't mean little as an importance, but yeah. <laughs> is that your sex life is going to be an important part of creating that fulfillment um, for the family. It is. Right. There is a reason why we have sex and it's a reason why we talk about it and, and don't talk about it a lot too. And it is for me, it's your sexuality, knowing who you are as a sexual person is key to having that sexual connection with somebody else and knowing that it's changing and fluid and that it, it is complicated, but worthy of exploration, examination and time. That is so key to then being able to have that with each other and, and just creating a kindness to each other inside the bedroom and outside the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you said it, it's a gift and it, it really is because when you're able to recognize that, you know, it's quality of life and, you know, we all have a choice, but if we want to be able to be those role models and we want to live a healthy, happy, fulfilling life and, you know, and you want to be married and you want to be in a committed relationship, then those, I mean, these pieces are, are crucial. And you, and at least I know for me, and I'm sure you can agree, you know, when I am having sex, I, I do feel a difference. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and sharing yourself authentically with somebody, doing, it, doing what you want to be doing and right. going up as you want to be, and then being seen and being experienced as that woman too. I mean, there, there right. is such a vibrancy of your sex life that carries forth in all areas that spark mm-hmm. in you. Yes. And, I mean, yeah. And, and you're flooding yourself with amazing hormones and you're healthier <laughs> and it's a form of yeah. exercise and it's a fun, useful thing also to create with each other. And mm-hmm. it is palpable when a couple gets that right it, to their kids, to mm-hmm. their friends, in their work. It is. And that doesn't mean you're, you're off having wild, hot sex all the time. <laughs> right. Some, I mean, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> just it means you're authentically connected and soulfully connected. If you are, you are going to be having great soulful sex. You just will be, and it takes work to do that. Yeah, and that's not the bad news. That's the good news. Right? No, I I agree. I, oh, this is I loved having you. This is such an amazing show. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> for the chance to talk. I, you know, I said I, I know we hours. We, <laughs> we seriously could talk for hours. <laughs> And I really, I really do look forward to collaborating more. I mean, this has been, this has been great and so insightful for all the viewers that were able to tune in that are going to catch the replay, catch the audio on, on all the podcast platforms. So thank you so much. Thank you you for the work that you're doing also. I I really do admire it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, that is our other episode in the sex series. Thank you so much for tuning in. It was so much fun today. As always, keep asking for more. Go to my website, learn about my couples retreat, Costa Rica. You want to be there. Parentingwithapunch.com. Have a great day, y'all. Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Class is in session. Please.
preceded Behaviors that get attention get repeated Avoid the power struggle cause it will get you heated Listen to Amanda cause she knows how to teach it Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch No, this is parenting with the punch Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch No, this is parenting with the punch Yeah, yeah, oh, oh, oh Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.